And so as Wes said, we are uh, working our way through a sermon series which I think is so perfect for Christmas time, God with us. And uh, there's so many great promises about Christmas, there's so many wonderful things that we can uh, uh, think of and, and be aware of in Christmas time, but for me this is such a special one. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, it says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the New Testament opens with a bang. If if you remember your English uh, uh, at school, or if you studied beyond uh, uh, tertiary level, if you studied English, then uh, there's all sorts of fiery language that happens at the beginning of Matthew, the first gospel in the New Testament. It opens with a bang. And uh, Matthew begins, he, he traces the family tree of Jesus from Adam all the way to Joseph and then Jesus. He tells of an angel appearing to Joseph, proclaiming Mary's son would be the Messiah. Could you imagine that? And finally, he recounts of the Magi, these wise people from a distant land who are led by a bright star in the sky, who come to worship this baby as royalty. It would be easy for Matthew's readers to say, yeah, but they're foreigners. You know, they come from a long way. Uh, kind of like I have repented uh, and I have told you this, but I grew up on the South Coast. I came, uh, I moved from Westville where I loved to be English. We moved to the Free State, to Lady Brand, which is a tiny little town uh, in the Free State. And uh, man, I was one of those sotis that came to blows with the Afrikaners all the time. It was a very difficult two years of my life. And then from there we went to KZN. I was like, phew, back in the last outpost. And uh, But until the Lord saved me, which was only later on in, in, in high school, man, if you live on the South Coast, you don't really like the visitors in the holiday time. Now we are those visitors, right? And I remember those visitors, those volleys and people from beyond, they just came to fill up our roads and to stand in our, our shops, and it was just a problem all around. It's amazing. That's the, the If you live on the coast, that's where you make your money, that's your cash crop, that's your harvest time, and yet people still hate it when we fill up their coastline, don't we? And it's so easy. Oh, what did these volleys know? It was so funny, Colette and I, I mean, we didn't even clear, I think... Um, I'm trying to remember from where we, 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 we came all the way down the hill and we turned, uh, um, at, uh, at Durban onto the South Coast Road and almost, like, just by the, by the time we got to the pavilion, you know the road, by the time we got to the pavilion, I'm going, these Durban drivers, what on earth are they thinking? And, uh, equally, if you've got a GP on your car, man, these guys are like, you foreigners, you don't know anything. If you've lived somewhere else in, in South Africa or the world, you know what it's like when you go back there. It's quite tricky, hey? These Jews, because Matthew writes to the Jews, could very easily say, those foreigners, those major, those other people, they know nothing. They come from beyond, who knows? But then Matthew goes on to tell how King Herod, the Jewish king, takes it so seriously that he tries to kill all the boys. He makes such a, 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 a he wants to protect himself to such a degree that he kills all the boys. So you might say, what are the major know coming to worship this baby? But then even King Herod, the Jewish king, the one that was ruling the, the nation of the Hebrews, even he takes it so seriously. There was a Jewish expectation that the Messiah would come, but they didn't think it would come when he, when Jesus came. And so Matthew has a bold opening gambit, and he says, This God who you worship in the temple, this holy God who has been removed from his temple, removed from his people so that the high priest can only worship once a year, this God 
has come to us. This God has become one of us, and this God has come to dwell among us. So let's read the passage together. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, we'll read from verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. And before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. But because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through his prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that's the theme that we want to uh, uh, investigate over and over over this period. Verse 24, it says, When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And she gave him the name Jesus. Now today in the West we are so beset by images of Christmas. Yes. It's very difficult as a South African to find a Christmas picture that doesn't have snow. Yeah. So I mean, I hope we have boasted and hopefully in my absence as well. But you have noticed the decor around. We've got a seriously upgraded decor team this year. And uh, do you notice the mountains on my right hand? <laughs> hey? Shame. All the ladies know it's trees, right? Those are Christmas trees. Hey? Yes, you notice? Okay. Uh, some of us are challenged. My wife had to help me. We've got all these pictures around Christmas. Christmas is a very usual thing for us. But for those people in that day, as profound as Noah and the first rain was Jesus, the Messiah coming. As shocking, as out of their frame of reference. And today it's so easy for us to take it uh, for granted, but for them it was earth-shattering and ground-moving. The concept of their identity by which God chose to reveal himself to mankind was undergoing a radical, irretrievable revolution. So, so far we've said, we spoke about God with us. We've focused on God himself. We said God called Emmanuel, which means he is with us. The way, the name that the, the prophet chose to reveal Jesus to in advance was this one. God with us. He could have used any other name for God, and there are many even in the Old Testament. But when Isaiah prophesies, he says, this is how you will know. You will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then Amor last week spoke about the presence of God, that in every present, in every circumstance of life, God is present. God is near us. And so today we're going to focus on that very small world word with. So we're speaking God with us. And I'm going to preach a whole sermon on one four-letter word. Does that sound all right? Let's see how we go. So how is God with us? And in what way is God with us? You can give us that next slide there, Hannah. Check at this. We've got Hannah on the, on the uh, computer back there. I like it. And so this is so interesting. When we read... The word family. Remember we speak about the Lord's Prayer? We speak about the Lord's Prayer. If you've been in church or 
or a religious school, you should know what the Lord's Prayer is. I remember uh, in the early days when, when I got born again and we were part of a charismatic church for the first time, someone from a, a denominational church said to me, you know, I've heard that in your church, you don't even say the Our Father every Sunday. It was very serious stuff. He was frowning on us because we didn't say the Our Father Sunday by Sunday. But you know what the Our Father is, right? The Lord's Prayer, the so-called, yes? In fact, sometimes we call it the Paternoster. Do you know that word? you know that word? Yes. And uh, so the Greek word for family is patria. And it's derived from the Greek word for father, which is pater. That's where we get Paternoster from. It's the Lord's prayer, the Father, our Father. And so it's so interesting how when God reveals himself to mankind, the concept of family begins with God the Father. Isn't it interesting? Mary was found to be with child. A miracle birth, right? By the the intervention of God the Father. So the question I want to ask you this morning is, so first of all, Father means family. And I want to ask, well, what does family mean to you? What does family mean to you? Does it mean that crazy uncle that comes around at Christmas time? Yes. As Dave Ramsey says, when it comes to money, don't listen to your broke brother-in-law. And I would guess that around Christmas time, you have listened to all sorts of stories from all sorts of friends and family. Everyone's got an opinion, right? And uh, so the God of creation chooses to reveal himself most in the scriptures as this one word, Father. Isn't it interesting? Of all the characteristics that God could emphasize, and there are many, the one most frequent is this one, God the Father, who sends his son, whose role is to bring many sons and daughters home again. (laughs) I don't know if you've got, if you're one of those people who, wherever you go, if there's a puppy or a kitten or a bird with a broken wing, that animal comes home with you. Have you, anyone like that? No? Not too many? Okay, cool, great. You can come visit me. And uh, But the, 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 the heart of God as Father is to send His Son. And the heart of the Son is to find many sons and daughters to bring home. Ephesians chapter 3, let me read it to you, verse 14. It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power, through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Isn't it interesting when Paul writes to the Ephesians, he speaks about God in these terms as Father. For this reason I kneel before the Father. Not only is the word for family derived from Father, but we also, it's amazing how in Ephesians Paul says that every family on earth derives its name from the same father. So the concept of family comes directly from God the Father. There's no family without God the Father who demonstrates who what family is. God introduces Jesus in Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 as we've said as the product of a supernatural Family. Can we try that? Hallo Papa, ich bin. Ich wollte nur kurz anrufen und dir Bescheid geben. Wir werden es Weihnachten dieses Jahr wieder nicht schaffen. Wir versuchen es nächstes Jahr und dann klappt es ganz bestimmt. Fröhliche Weihnachten, Papa. Bis bald. Fröhliche Weihnachten, Opa. Thank 
There goes a day, there goes a week. So many goals I had to reach. The more I did, the less I cared. The more I missed the love you've shared. If life is a song, somehow it's sad. Don't know the words without you dead. You've been on my mind all the time, and I'm missing you. Home used to be just some walls that I know, but the truth is that home means nothing without you. Wie hätte ich euch denn sonst alle zusammenbringen sollen? We have a very similar reality in the scriptures to this kind of heart-tugging video we've seen. The father sends his own son who does die so that you and I could be reunited with the father. And so when we speak about God with us, we can't talk about God with outside of the concept of family. You see, he's not asking us for an association. He's not asking us to um, uh, register or subscribe to. I don't know if your email inbox is like mine. I've got subscriptions that flood my email and Facebook. I'm not even on Facebook, but I still get the, the notifications. I get uh, all sorts of crazy people subscribing me to their stuff, and I've got to unsubscribe. How does that work? Some random company wants to sell something. Next thing I know, I'm subscribed to their. I don't even know who they are. Now I've got to go to the hassle of unsubscribing. And this is not the process that God's interested in. He wants to not just get us to move in next door. He doesn't want us just to sign on a list. He doesn't just want us to become associated with him. He wants us to come home to him. To be reconciled. Yeah, it's a beautiful word. The Bible says that God in Christ, reconciling the world to him. Reconciliation is a beautiful word. The word re means to do again. And to be consoled, conciliation is a loving, it's a close, endearing term, which means that was the intention of God for me and him to be consoled, to be close. And yet I chose to get busy with my own life, like we saw that clip, and go my own way. And then Jesus comes to invite me to come back home. That's a very powerful little uh, line that the father there, the old man says, how else, what else would I have to do? To get you to come home. But the Father did everything for us to come home. God the Father lends us his name, his nature, he nurtures us, he gives us an identity and a place to belong. According to the, to the dictionary, thanks Hannah, the, 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 according to the dictionary, home is a place where one lives permanently, especially as a member of a family or a household. I wonder what home means to you. 
Home in my mind is a, is walls plastered with family photos. Every, and, and sometimes two or three deep. We've just be, seen to, just been to my folks. And, uh, every time we go, it's like the house gets fuller because my mom is so proud, so keen to be reminded of her loved ones at different stages of their life. If, if I have to think of one image, it's probably that. I wonder what yours is. Maybe. Thanks, Hannah. Maybe we could say home is the story of who we are. It's a collection of the things we love. My Colette was daunted when she first visited my house before, when we, when in the early days, long before we were married, and and I proudly showed her my bedroom scheme, uh, which was black and orange, and that nearly scuppered the deal right there. But I was very proud, and if uh, until my mom and dad moved three years ago, that same bed, uh, duvet and curtains was on the same bed, and if I went home, it was like a time warp. It's a collection of things we love. Maybe it's a place where your Wi-Fi connects automatically. (laughs) And when you go back to your mom and dad's house, all of a sudden your phone goes, you know, you're home. A place or a feeling, notice, a place or a feeling of belonging. It's more than just a house, an address where maybe you've spent a number of years of your life in. It's a feeling of belonging. It's a gathering place for family to join together in laughter, a place where you are always welcome. A place of refuge, a place where the heart is. We speak about home, sweet home. Now God with us, we place the emphasis on God with and not on God with us. I want to make this so clear to you and I today that God with us, Emmanuel, is not about me, it's about him. It's God who comes near to me, not me who deigns to include God in my presence. If we have to think this thing through, whose presence are we talking about? Not mine, but his. Therefore, I come into his presence. I don't expect him to come into mine. And we've learned over the last two weeks that God is everywhere present anyway. But we can be unaware of his presence. And so his presence is about him, not us. It's he who chooses to welcome us into his presence and into his family rather than me clicking my fingers and expecting him to come to me. You know, when Colette and I got married, someone told us that we are beginning a new dynasty. When we marry a couple, we try to remember to tell them this. We're beginning a new dynasty. Colette and I, husband and wife, we're a family, just like that. You see, Col- uh, uh, Ty and Jamie, our kids, didn't make us a family. Colette and I were a family. And when the kids came along, um, we were gracious to welcome them into our family. We didn't become a family when the children were born. We brought them into our family. And I want to remind you again that God isn't the father because I have become his son. He is the Father who allows me to become His Son. He is the Creator of all, but you know, sadly, He is not the Father of all. That's so important for us this morning. Only those who, through the powerful working of the Spirit of God, who believe upon and receive Jesus Christ as His and His sacrifice for sins, are reconciled to God. Those ones are adopted into His family, in order for us to be brought, brought son, for you and I to be called sons and daughters. I've got a bunch of scriptures, so Hannah, you can give us that next slide and it'll help you to either jot them down or to turn there as we go. So let's look, we'll just work our way through quickly. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9, I'll give you a, a moment just to turn there, or if you're jotting them down, you're welcome to do that. 
Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, Therefore God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You notice there that uh, it doesn't say that everyone will become a son or a daughter. It doesn't say that everyone will be welcomed into God's presence, but it does say that at the end of time, Son or not, every mouth will acknowledge that he is the Lord. Isn't it amazing? We don't get away from this. Every single person, whether we accept Jesus or not, acknowledges in the end who he is. Romans chapter 8, this beautiful passage. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. I really do just want us to read these passages, so I'll give you a moment to turn there. Romans eight fourteen. Remember I said it's so good to, to actually turn to the scriptures in, on, on Sunday because then when you open your Bible on Monday, you might still be in the same place and uh, it might bring it back. And hopefully it won't be next Sunday when you open your Bible in church and you see last Sunday's scripture still there, right? So Philippians, uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 14, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. I find this so interesting. Do you have a director at work? Who's got directors in their company? Who's got directors? I'm sure pretty much you're either a manager or you have managers, right? And But God says those that are led by the Spirit of God are not directives of God. They're not those that are being sent by God. Isn't it amazing? He says if you are led by God, you are a child of God. He said the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit that brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba Father. Abba being a very familiar, kind of like our in English, Daddy. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5, it says, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. Let me read Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8 to you, and you can go to Ephesians chapter 5 in the meantime. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8, Hear my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Ephesians 5 verse 1. I'm just listening to the pages turning and then I'll, I'll get to go. So Ephesians 5 verse 1, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God, as a fragrant aroma. So we've said father means family. Wherever we see God in the scriptures, you very quickly see him revealed to us as father. He is, God with us is focused on his coming near to me, not my accepting him into my presence. And so father means family, We've spoken about home. What does family speak of? Well, I think family to me speaks of these four things. It speaks of encouragement. I trust. Man, I trust you're in a family that encourages you. I'm looking to see if there's nods or shaking of heads. If you come from a family that doesn't, you get to set the clock again. It's up to you what comes out of your mouth. Often, the sins of the fathers are kind of lived out in the sons and the daughters. Often our negatives come from it, but it doesn't have to be that way. 
If you brought, if you were brought up with negative words spoken over you, my goodness, I trust today, if you haven't already, you choose to say those negative words. No more negative words from me. My family, my home will be a place of encouragement. Family speaks of encouragement. I choose today to reset the clock, to re Jig my family in the image of God the Father with his family that this will be a house of encouragement. Can I say to the men in the meeting, if you are living with anyone else in your household, it is up to you to set the tone, the atmosphere of your household. Ladies, you don't get off the hook. I'm just talking to the men. Doesn't mean I'm saying the ladies anything. I'm just talking to the men. Okay? Yes. Uh, would you reset today and say, I will take my mandate with pride. Some of you will remember Elliot Sonjika and his wife Dolly. They've preached here. They've traveled with us all over. He said, what is his role in the family? He says, my role is to do the singing in this family. And he took on the responsibility of setting the atmosphere. And too often, we in the family bring the atmosphere down instead of picking it up. Gents, you and me, we put our hands up. We say, today, I will be a man and I'll accept this mandate. Ladies are clever enough to figure it out themselves. That's why I've got to speak so much to the men. Yeah, Men, today, I'll put my hand up and I'll say, God, if you help me. I'll be the one to set the atmosphere in my house. Because fa father means family. When I live out an encouraging family, I most represent God the Father. Man, when we come together, there's memories. If I think of our family, it's time together, it's memories, it's road trips, it's chores. Family is chores. <laughs> it's memories, it's quirks. Have you ever laughed at each other's quirks? <laughs> hey, often if you meet one sibling, when you meet the other, you go, oh, yeah? Because <laughs> they have the same quirks, right? <laughs> they can have different color hair. They can be one tall and one short, but they're probably pretty similar because they come from the same family. <laughs> There's quarrels in a family. Quarrels in a family and we work it out. There's laughs, there's similar characteristics. Family speaks of encouragement. <laughs> Man, if you've raised kids, I was having flashbacks um, holding this little guy. hey, And uh, in the front, babysitting while worshipping. I remember um, not so many years ago, that was first time, then Jamie. I remember yours. It takes a long time before these kids actually are able to get through a meeting on their own. Hey? It takes a lot. It's beautiful, man. I miss those days. I miss those days of worshipping with my own kid uh, on my hip. It was cool today. I loved it. Yeah? Nowadays, my boy's bigger than me. He's got to put me on his hip in church. <laughs> can see he's not here. I can say what I want, right? Do you remember, maybe you remember teaching your kids to walk. Maybe your siblings. You saw them take their first faltering. <laughs> Taking a risk, overcoming a challenge, teaching them to succeed. Man, none of that happens without being part of a family that's an encouraging environment. The second thing is forgiveness. Yo, does a family need forgiveness? 
my goodness, if ever there's a characteristic that a family needs, it's not just the atmosphere in a house, forgiveness. It's forgiveness. When we live under the same roof, we have to learn to work out our issues. You can't just go and build next door. And <laughs> Yeah? Many of us live in abject fear that when our parents get old enough, they'll come live in our house. Yeah? Because then we've got to work it out, right? Got to work it out. <laughs> forgiveness. Without the forgiveness, one family member can bring the whole atmosphere of the family down. The third one is discipline. <laughs> family has discipline, right? Mom and dad. Set the way a family operates. We said to our kids so often, listen, we're mayors and mayors don't do that. Mayors don't talk like that. Mayors don't act like that. That's who we are. We've chosen to be someone better. And you've been brought into that family. Welcome. Now be like us. Family has discipline. Also, family has expectations. Expectations. Now, I hope we don't force our expectations on our children. <laughs> you have to be like me. I didn't get, you know, I didn't get to play the sport, so you will, you know, that kind of stuff. I hope not those kind of expectations. But man, we would be weird if we didn't expect our kids to grow and to mature. <laughs> yeah, that would just be odd. We would, we have expectations to see them thrive and get, um, um, develop skills and abilities. <laughs> You know, one of the amazing things is even parents mature. I often say to my kids, man, I'm just trying to figure this out. You guys didn't come with a manual. I didn't learn to be a parent other than by you. You're the one teaching me to be a dad. Yeah? So forgive me when I get it wrong because, man, we need to be in a place where there's encouragement and forgiveness, where there's discipline. This is, there is a way. We don't just do whatever you want. There's a way. And where there are expectations, godly expectations. So family means, fa uh, father means family. The second thing, I won't be long. The second thing is that family means presence. Family means presence. The great reminder of Christmas is that God has come near. If I say this over and over again, I hope it gets deep into our heart. Family means presence. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God says, Let us make mankind in our image. And all the way through to Revelation chapter 22 verse 17, it says the spirit and the bride say come from the beginning of the Bible to the end. God's clear purpose is to be with us. Let us make man in our image. Let us be close to him. And at the end, there's a wedding feast of people being together. I want to show you this next slide and I, I want to just take a moment to explain. We read in Exodus chapter 33. It's such a beautiful passage where Moses says to God, you keep saying to me, lead these people, but you haven't told me who will go with us. I remember when I was uh, working, I was in sales, I was on the road as a rep, and they were the days before GPS. And I remember every morning, uh, the manager would give me handwritten directions in the back of my order book. And man, I'd have to get on the road. I had to drive for an hour and a half before my closest client. And gee, I can, I, I still get shivers driving through Durban at times thinking, man, I drove these roads looking for that client up and down and up and down. It's as though these days we get used to just following what GPS says, what Google says, right? But Moses says to God, you've told me to lead these people, but you haven't told me who's going with you. 
A set of instructions is not enough. I don't just want the, the words on a page. I need someone to go with me. It's such a beautiful image. And God says, I will go with you. He responds. And uh, he says, I will be with you. And then in Exodus chapter 33, verse 21. Now remember in the Old Testament, the Bible says you can't see God and live. And so God says to, to um, who is it, Moses? He says to him, but there is a place near me. And he says, there's a cleft of a rock and I'll put my hand over you and I will pass by you and then I'll remove my hand and you can see me from the back. And the Bible says that as God walked past him, he proclaimed his name, the Lord, the Lord, gracious and compassionate, his nature. That's what we saying earlier. I don't have to depend, oh God, are you going to be present with me? I hope so because I've been good. You know, have you been naughty? Have you been nice? No, I've been, I've been nice. So you'll be, no, he will be present with me because he is God and he has a nature that proves himself to be so. And there is a place near me. And I, I, folk, I want to help us this morning. I want to, if you can highlight and underline and, and man, get this deep into your heart. I want to remind you this morning. We're speaking about God with us. I want to remind you that there is a place. There is a place. I don't know what your context or circumstance is. You might think I have wandered too far away for God to welcome me back into his presence. I want to say that God makes the way to welcome us back because there is a place where he will come close to us. And the best part is there's a place near him. We don't have to wonder, Lord, where is it? Is it in, you know, is it on holiday? Is it on the beach with the waves and the sun and the seagulls? We went to the beach for five days. It rained for five days. You know, is it there in the mountains when I can look at the Chachabertus and uh, and I can see the sunset? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should have been in church a few weeks ago. Just write me off. Is it out there? Because often we think God's presence is out there. It can't be in traffic. It can't be in the boardroom. It can't be in a customer meeting. It can't be in a principal's meeting. It can't be. In tragedy and pain. I want to say to you this morning, there is a place. And that place is near him. I love the fact that God doesn't say, there's a place near you, Andre. <laughs> I'm going to make it easy for you. It's, it's not too far from you. But you understand God's presence is about God, not about us. He says, there's a place where it's near me. And then he goes on to give him the exact directions and do, do everything necessary so that Moses can see his presence without being Killed. That word place there. I mean, the is and the near, I'm sure you can figure out, right? You can figure out the meaning, the definitions for is and near. But that word place, I find it so interesting. If you look in the original language, that word place speaks of a location. It can be a country. It can be an address on the map, like your house or mine. It can be a specific place. It can also be an attitude. And I'm hoping this will rest in our heart. You see, because we no longer have to go to a place. It's great to come together on a Sunday because we encourage each other as we worship God. But you can worship God anywhere you want. You can worship God in jail, called cell church. You can worship God, just checking, evil men and women of pagans. And you can still worship God. Because the that there's a location, yes, but God is not limited to a location any longer. There is a place, it's an attitude, it's a um, condition of the, the mind and the heart. 
how I love it. The key that God is near. Hannah, you can give us that next slide. And this is my, 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 my grand thesis this morning. So perhaps the most important thing this Christmas is a renewed commitment to his presence. Perhaps for us to set, a ta- set time aside to be with him, location, and to pr- prioritize awareness of him, which is attitude. It's not just about whether you're in, you know, in this place or that place, but where our heart is. Let me just mention the last point and then we'll come to a close. Hannah, you can give us that next slide. So family means purpose. And Genesis 1 says, be fruitful and increase or multiply. Matthew 28 verse 19, it says, therefore go and make more disciples of all nations. And so not only does father mean family, family mean his presence, but family also means purpose. So I've said that God's presence is not about me, it's about Him taking me into His presence, not me expecting Him to come into my presence. Yeah? The second thing I've said is that, that actually place an attitude. If I can just get this right, whether it's now over the end of year time, when I go back into the new year, man, wherever I am, I can be in the presence of God. But the final thing is, is that out of this, there's purpose. It's not just about, oh God, I want more of your presence. My purpose is to live like him, but also to welcome others into his presence. So as much as there's one family, there should be many families from which every family in heaven and earth derives its name. And so you and I, just like Jesus, have been given the mandate that we too should go and welcome others into his family. Understand? I, I, I put that, and I won't take time on it, but I, I, I put that just to say that you and I have a purpose. This is not just about my own enjoyment. It's not I'm not an end in myself. But God gives me not only his presence, but he gives me a mandate to help others find his presence. Hannah, will you give us that next? uh, Have a look at this. this morning that there is a place at the Father's table for you. He has made us unique, perfect, and welcomed by the Father. When those settings, each one was different. Do you see that? Each one had a different characteristic. There's space at the table for you. Whatever it is that may keep you away from his table, because the table is where the family spends the most important time together, right? There is an invitation for you. There's a name and a place waiting for you. An invitation to be reconciled to God through salvation or restored to God if you have become estranged, far from God. There's a place for you. It's tailor-made just for you. It's as intended. (laughs) You don't have to become someone else. God knows your quirks and your, your, your idiosyncrasies. He designed you specifically with your end in mind. There's a joy for you. 
God offers himself, not just a meal. He offers fellowship, fun, and he gives us a future. And finally, there's a job for you, a mandate to extend this family. I wonder if you'd stand with me. I've been so stirred this, by this concept that uh, sometimes it's helpful for us to turn a page. <laughs> sometimes the calendar helps us start again. And uh, I wonder from this morning if you and I wouldn't just make kind of a fresh start, a reset, and be able to say, man, Jesus, I want to choose the location and the attitude that puts me in your presence. If there's a location I should avoid because it doesn't help me, let me do that. But there's an attitude that doesn't matter the location that can help me. God with us. Me in his presence. There's so many reasons that we stay away from the table. There's so many reasons that we think, oh, I'm not worthy. I want to say to you, this, this Christmas you can reset. This Christmas you can receive that invitation again. And I want to ask you this morning, would you make a recommitment to find yourself more frequently in his presence. I'd love to pray. Jesus, there's an invitation for us to come into your presence. Father, for any here this morning that don't know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray today, Lord, that you would bring them close, that you would forgive their sins, You'd make them your child, that you can bring them into your presence. Father, for those of us who know you and have walked with you, Jesus, I pray that we would plumb new depths, that we would learn uh, uh, greater measures of the presence of God the Father. As we consider Easter period, Easter uh, Christmas season, as we consider this time, Lord, we pray we remember God with us. You inviting us to your table. You inviting us into your family. You inviting us to be where you are. And so Jesus, I pray that we could reset over this time. That we would know your presence in a deeper way. In Jesus' name. I just pause a beat because... Someone else praying is so easy, but I would love you just to say, Lord, this is what it's going to look like. I've thrown out many challenges this morning. And you say, Lord, that's the one, or these are the ones that I'm picking up. That out of your presence, dot, 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 in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. There's some tea and coffee in the cafe. And uh, trust you have a great weekend. See you on Wednesday.